Welcome to another episode of Ambitious. Do you want to introduce yourself, tell everybody who you are and what you do? Uh, Yeah, I guess so. Do my little uh, 30-second elevator pitch. Yeah. Uh, Well, um, I'm Jeremiah uh, Severin, specifically. (laughs) We want to get uh, real specific. A lot of Jeremiah's out there. Yes, so many. The more specific we can be, the better. I, I am not the one from the Bible, and I'm not named after the Jeremiah from the Bible. And I'm, I am named after the Ammon in the Bible. <laughs> well, the Book of Mormon, to be specific. Oh yeah, we want to be specific, yes. right? Uh, I was named after Jeremiah the Mountain Man, uh, born and raised in Ashland, and uh, I currently am. Uh, sifting through life and uh, building up my business with web design and search engine optimization and like branching out this huge octopus of like courses and tutorials on YouTube and Mm -hmm. kind of just uh, trying all sorts of different things. You were the influence for this video version. Yeah, I really was pushing you pretty hard to to start recording this thing, put it on YouTube. Yeah, it's just one more platform to push it out to. Yeah, and I'm kind of a YouTube junkie. Uh, you have yeah. your own podcast, don't you? Uh, I do. Um, I've On got YouTube? a conspiracy podcast <laughs> where we play with ideas that might get you and me canceled. So if you like dangerous yeah. ideas. <laughs> Is that your guys' like... It's a tagline, yeah. tagline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you want to get FBI rated or, uh, you know, blacklisted off of Facebook, then be sure to give it a listen. Tune in. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of my fun side hustle, like escape from work but it's still kind of you know just creating content and having fun yeah this is too for me i just i make very very minimal money doing this i mean considering how much time i put into it like just to sit down and record these and to coordinate with people and then to edit them and post them and all that i don't make any money right yeah i have a few sponsors but it's yeah very minimal but you never know where something like this is going to take you to like connect with people and i mean that's something that i keep pushing with my buddy co-host on our podcast is like well for one he's like i want to be rich and i was like okay well we'll get there (laughs) that's his goal uh his goal is to be able to quit working at his day job um which i think is totally possible um yeah you know if we put enough time and effort into it and uh i think anything you know that the power of the internet's pretty freaking crazy. True. And uh, I've seen a lot of people build up personal brands or, you know, really small things into something that makes them like well over six figures a year. Jesus. Um, and then they start to have a little team around them. And I mean, it's, it's pretty nuts what's capable if you just start creating content and sticking with it. True. Um, oh, I just realized I forgot to turn off my dryer. Oh, geez. It's be loud <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Uh, at least you remember now and not later huh not at the end where it's like oh shoot can we record that whole thing yeah or you should just left it running and then nobody would have ever noticed but now people are going to be like oh my god what was going on that intro apologies everyone my bad i should be more professional and excuse (laughs) my disaster of a apartment you know, this just shows that Ammon's working his ass off and that he doesn't have time to clean up after himself. This is symbolic of frustration. <laughs> That's what that is right now. Yeah. I can't get that damn Mac Mini to 
anyway i'm not gonna get into it it's gonna you know refrustrate me well and it's also uh like total uh black mirror worker uh privilege like, oh yeah you know we we make our living by spending most of our time behind a computer screen all day long mm-hmm. and like the frustrations that come with that you know Dude. i mean they they are extremely frustrating and and specific yeah um versus like i feel like in most situations where you're working out in the real material world yeah hello barbie girl uh (laughs) (laughs) you you actually can like work through things a little bit easier uh and like brute force your way through things yeah but with computer work it feels just like sludge like you're just working through sludge yeah like you're not really in charge (laughs) you're kind of at the mercy of a reddit forum yeah yeah it's annoying so you and i know each other through work through Northwest Raw, which we we did a podcast on that platform once before, where you yeah. talked about your thousand mile bike race. Yes, indeedy. And then we just like became friends and started working together through Raw, and now we, we've kind of done some work together with like with Artifacts. Yeah, we both worked for them, and. You've helped me with my, my website. I helped you with your headshots. Some stunning headshots. <laughs> you might have to just like throw up a little like. Yeah, I'll put on one the, in the. I'll put one on the frame. Yeah. Which one do you want me to use? Uh, my favorite? Know. Any of them? I love them all. I mean, okay. yeah. That actually really inspired me to get into like men's fashion photo oh, shoots. Nice. So I just because I don't work with a lot of men in my field, I work with like you know it's photography, right? So I'm mostly working with women and i do shoot with men but it's like the woman who it's like the wife who contacted me and made her husband come sure or it's a wedding but it's always working through the bride and as i've gotten into videography i do work with more men because it's i don't know that i just do more video work with men like artifacts it's an all-male team yeah that's interesting but then when i when you hired me for the photo shoot for the headshots i was like Dude, working with dudes is like, it's a whole new experience. The editing style is different because oh, you don't sure. have to be as like soft. Like yeah, it, for it's a little bit who, more like edgy almost. And like, yeah, and for people who know Lightroom, you, the clarity slider or the texture slider, you usually slide it down mm. with, with females because you want it to look dreamy and soft and their yeah. skin to be like completely invisible of pores. <laughs> you know, you don't have any blemishes, no pores. But with men, like I just shot this other guy, my friend Ben in Medford and it was downtown it was urban and it was fashion focused and I was like sliding the clarity up almost all the way the texture was up and so his face just looked really grungy and nice nice like you could see a lot of the texture yeah and it was fine so you inspired me so thank you well thank you I really enjoyed that photo shoot I had a lot of fun with it yeah so did I uh and I think you know you're you're right uh most men don't go out and get you know like that's not their their wish of like what they want to spend their excess marketing dollars on or their their extra money um but i think it goes a a long way to have a professional photo shoot uh and it just like makes you feel more confident you know and you can then use it for you know whatever you're doing um most men just use it for business right they want to use it for their professional right uh profile picture or their business cards or for whatever you know their social media but it's for business women right. are more for the sentimental value or the memory instagram 
yeah, the yeah. grammable moment. <laughs> yes. Whereas men are like, can I make money with this? Exactly. Mm, yes. Sign me up. <laughs> exactly. You should probably dissect that. I wonder why that is. I don't know. I mean, I think, uh, I, you know, business is an interesting thing for me. Like, I feel like I could just put my energy towards business nonstop forever and never get tired of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's something about building something bigger than just like what's in front of you. And uh, I don't know, like, I mean, it, it's certainly an entrepreneurial tendency, you know, not every man feels that way. Yeah. Um, but like my girlfriend, uh, Ashley, she is an entrepreneur and has a couple businesses and uh, it's still a little bit different. You know, like what she focuses on her, her business is different than what I focus on in my business. Mm-hmm. She's more about like the packaging and the product and like how it looks. Which is really important. Definitely. Especially in her world where it's, like cross stitch kits and they're coming in the mail from Etsy. I don't think I've like, ever met her. No, you so. might not have. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> not. That's a good point. Yeah, she kind of is pretty much just working all the time. And <laughs> yeah, I might have. Maybe I might have seen yeah, you with her one time, but yeah, I don't know if I've been passing it raw or something like that. Something. Maybe. Um, but she doesn't really isn't really as like concerned as much as I am about like pushing and like you know, like trying to hit bigger numbers and like trying to like go more and more. She's just like, I just want to like create this stuff and like people will buy it. Yeah. You know, versus I'm like must brute force my way through like anything possible. You're like cold calling. Yes. <laughs> that kind of stuff. <laughs> so with this podcast, I started out with the title ambition because I wanted to focus on ambitious types of people. And I mostly talked about business. Sometimes I'd talk about work like my photography but then over the years it slowly started to transform into talking about religion which I don't super love talking about all the time but that just is such a big part of my life that I'm unraveling sure but it's also morphed into relationships which I'm actually really interested in and you have a very specific type of relationship with your dad Yes. right now which i wanted to dive into if that's cool yeah 100 percent. okay cool uh and and i'll i'll say that uh you know we talked briefly about how i went on a thousand mile bike ride and i feel like i'm at like mile 100 sitting down at a gas station <laughs> eating some sour patch kids and like enjoying this moment yeah but knowing that i still have 900 miles to go and that it's like just getting started yeah and that's kind of what my life feels like right now it's a um, good analogy yeah uh, at least there's a silver lining, Sour Patch Kids. Oh, yeah. And like <laughs> sitting on a bench and like relaxing for a minute. <laughs> so how does that relate to what your life is like now? Uh, it feels like a never-ending marathon right now. Um, so to, to kind of, uh, how do I preface this? Um, kind of like a synopsis of what's gone on in the last three months or so. Um, you know, a lot of things have happened recently where my dad is now living with on the property with me, my girlfriend, my mother, and her boyfriend. So, help me with the visual of your yes. property. Is so you live in a in like a big trailer, right? Uh, yeah. So me and Ashley live in a fifth wheel trailer, and then uh, my dad has a motorhome that we drove up from Texas mm-hmm. just before Thanksgiving. Um, and you and, drove all the way to Texas, like nonstop, right? Uh, yeah. So me and my so so. <laughs> So my dad was starting to have kind of some some mental health um, scares where 
um you know he's kind of always had this these um what do you want to say uh idiosyncrasies of like there's kind of these weird behaviors mm. and we kind of always just chalked it up to well dad did a lot of drugs when he was younger oh. and uh some people said like it's like he just like took something out of his brain and said i don't need that <laughs> is that um, what drugs does <laughs> i think that's what a lot of drugs does um True. depends on the amount yes. and the type um and i mean there wasn't really a limit you know it's kind of all over the board um and so it used to be that when you talk to him on the phone this is like as far as back as i can remember when i was a kid and i'm 27 now um is if you were talking to him on the phone occasionally he would get into this like loop that we call it Hmm. where he just goes okay 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 yeah i'm just doing this right now i'm just you know just doing laundry right now okay okay and when you would try to talk to him you it was almost like he wasn't registering like he wasn't able to respond to you hmm. specifically asking a question where he would just talk endlessly um just about i mean he would just kind of just be in his own circle of okay 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 yeah i'm just doing this right now okay okay and oh. then it would be like a really short conversation so it was almost like you know like a nervous thing or something like hmm. that um and so he's always been that way yeah but it was it was always a very um minute you know like it wasn't wouldn't like last maybe it was just long. a personality thing yeah and like you know he used to get mad at me when i had braces uh when i would call him on the phone because he couldn't understand me because i wouldn't <laughs> clear my palate all the way before i started talking i know exactly what you're talking about and i would have like a little bit of just like slurring with tons of saliva in your mouth <laughs> what do you mean you can't understand gross me? <laughs> This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Ellie George with HomeQuest Realty. If you're in the market for a home in Southern Oregon or thinking of selling your home, I've been working with Ellie George with her marketing and can testify that she is a true pro in the industry. She has an amazing passion for real estate. She's been practicing for over 16 years, sells over 120 homes a year, which is absolutely nuts compared to the average agent only selling about eight. When it comes to marketing, I've seen her go the extra mile to make sure her homes stand out and capture eyes nationwide, and to net the sellers way more money in the end. She and I work together a lot on her higher-end homes, creating videos that beautifully and thoroughly showcase the spaces, and I've absolutely loved working with her. Mention the Ambitious Podcast and get a no-cost, low-pressure consultation. She'll help you with your real estate portfolio, whether it's your first home, investment, move-up, or you just want to be constantly aware of your equity position. She's definitely who I would trust for my real estate advisor. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Ammon Clough Creative. Ammon Clough Creative is a business specializing in photography, videography, podcasting, education, and content creation. Services include weddings, small business landing videos, corporate video and photography work, podcast production, product photography, brand exposure, one-on-one and group workshops, and photo shoots in almost any capacity, such as outdoor or indoor, family, couples, or single-person photo shoots. For more information, go to ammonclough.com or check out ammonclough on Instagram at ammonclough. Were you and him pretty close when you were a kid? Um, yeah, I mean, it kind of, you know, it was kind of in waves. Um, so your parents divorced when you were fairly young, right? Yeah, I was like in kindergarten when they got divorced, okay. and, and I was a bastard child. Ayo! Wait, so, what? <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, I was, I was, I was born out of wedlock. So, uh, oh yeah, that's what that means. Yeah. Okay. I was, I was like, wait, what is a bastard? <laughs> the definition of bastard? That's like what most kids are these days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so 
so my my parents got married when I was like a year old or something like that, and then when I was in I think it was kindergarten or first grade, they got a divorce, and um, so then it was kind of like the week on week off thing, um, and going back and forth between the houses, right? So like never really feeling like there was any sort of structure or anything like that. Like you're just packing up your life every weekend to yeah. move from one place to the other. Got it. Um, and you know he was. Uh, he was a good role model, role model in certain senses. Um, you know, like he worked his ass off and like expected the same, you know, like mm-hmm. you almost have to like, you know, we're, we're splitting firewood and we're, we're going to like fill this dump truck full of firewood today mm-hmm. and we're, then we're going to go stack it all. So he's kind of a nose to the grind type of guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we were always doing stuff, fixing stuff. Um, but he was quite the drinker when I was younger. Mm. Um, and so that kind of had an effect on things, you know, just kind of would make it so that you didn't really know you're kind of on like on the eggshells, like, is he in a good mood right now? Is he in a bad mood? Mm. You know, how is this going to play out? Um, and was that ever like scary for you as a kid? Um, you know, there was only a few times where it kind of got scary, but, but it never, like, there was never anything physical. It was more just, like, a lot of yelling. Oh, okay. Uh, well, so emotional. Could be worse, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. And, I mean, then it certainly got to the point where when I started getting older, then I started to yell back because, you mm. know, you're just like... I can't picture you angry ever. Oh, man. I used to freaking boil. Yeah. There was a few times where it was, like, it would just, I don't know, get get. I just can't me. see it. <laughs> I've only ever seen you with a, hat, with a smile on your face. Uh, no, that's good. I mean, I, I definitely have come a long way and I, I used to be kind of an angry child, I think at, at certain points, mm. um, in my like teenage youth, you know, the, is that why you started smoking weed to like chill you out? Um, I mean, you're off it now. You haven't smoked for over a year now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Congrats. Thank you. <laughs> it's nice. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, th- I started smoking weed cause I, because my dad's bike got stolen from the high school and it was like well if today any day is gonna be a day to try smoking weed i guess it might as well be today <laughs> such a random reason well it I was kind of because like, you live in oregon well it was part of that i mean i'd kind of people had kind of you know the crew that i was hanging out with was quite the stoner crowd and I mean, I you, just, went to, you went to school with Braden, right yeah yeah all through um pretty much yeah well because you guys had moved at one point out right back to utah or something like that for a minute and then to you guys vegas and oh, to the coast <laughs> excuse my my, <laughs> my assumption you? there that the mormons <laughs> went back to utah <laughs> well i did go to utah for like 10 years yeah yeah that's true but you as a family you guys yeah yeah okay yeah we didn't ever live in utah with the family but we did live in vegas and then in, in coquille okay on the coast that's right but you so when did you meet brayden uh we met in like third grade back at bellevue and we and off. We were good buddies yeah um yeah. i i probably met you way back when at like brayden's birthday party probably i just remember being like wow there's a lot of kids here <laughs> dude welcome to mormonism <laughs> and they're all blonde what not to heck? talk about religion sorry <laughs> uh but yeah so so i knew brayden a long time and uh then then you know we kind of reconnected in high school and i was hanging out with a couple of the mormons yeah at the time so every now and then i'd be over at the what's the the seminary school and oh go, yeah yeah the, go over the there seminary building out. across the street from the high school yeah yeah so i had a really weird like 
I'd had a group of friends that were a bunch of stoners and partiers, and I had a group of friends that were Mormon and wow, the exact clean opposite. and sober. Yeah, Very so polarizing. It, <laughs> my life, right? Like, yeah, I, I liked. I guess I just like to jump between the two worlds of like chaos and order. It yeah, was kind of an interesting. I guess so. Well, sorry to hijack your story. No, no, you're good. Uh, to go on a tangent down weed and then Braden and then Mormonism. Yeah. Well, no, so part of the weed thing is, is that my dad was smoking weed when I was a kid. And so I saw that and I thought, well, maybe it's not too bad. Um, so that was probably a bad influence, right? Because it's like, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, maybe a 14 year old shouldn't be thinking about smoking weed. Um, but so that kind of. It is pretty young. Yeah, it was Start smoking. Yeah, definitely not good for my brain. I don't for... think that drugs and alcohol of any kind, besides like prescribed ones, should be used by anybody that's like less than under like 25. Yeah, yeah. Because I definitely, when I got older, I started to kind of freak out about the damage. I'm like, did I like make myself retarded? At, right, because you your brain is like, your frontal lobes aren't even fully developed till you're 24. Yeah. And thinking back to when I was 20, even like 28, I'm 32 now, and I feel like a completely different person. Oh, right. And there's a lot of factors in there, like religion, transition, and divorce. And mm-hmm. so just like oh, yeah. re, redefining my identity completely. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm just, I, I feel really fortunate that I was Mormon Yeah. in a, in a way because it, it forced me. I mean... I made the choice myself, but I had the influence of the You had Mormon some church. guardrails kind of up to like yeah. help keep you on this path for a while. Yeah, on the sober path until I was 30. Yeah. And then it just, somebody threw me a white claw and I was like, whatever, <laughs> fine. I was at a wedding. <laughs> I was actually working. <laughs> there you go. Get paid to fun. party. Yeah, it was super fun. We actually, the night before I showed up at the wedding because it was at this place in McKenzie Bridge. I forget the name of the venue, but it's got these A-frame cabins. It's super mm. gorgeous, outdoor. And I got there the night before because they gave me a cabin all to myself, which was amazing. I had just broken up with my current girlfriend at the time, which we've gotten back together since. But we'd just broken up. I was a rock bottom, had no money. <laughs> so you thought, why not drag myself yeah, across I was like, rock I might bottom as well just minute. start down the drugs and alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just, yeah means the the brides the bride and the bridesmaids all went behind the main venue and smoked weed together nice. and then the next day during the actual wedding somebody just tossed me a white claw and i just had one and then the next day i went to africa and had some beer there but i already already, already smoked weed with with my brother like a few months before that and i don't really so it was the gateway drug huh weed was the gateway i suppose actually it wasn't weed <sighs> per se it was more just adhd mm. it led me down a research rabbit hole of like what helps with focus mm. what helps like with mental clarity yeah and there were some studies that were just saying that weed helps some people with focus yeah i don't know what your experience is with it but i have not found a strain that helps me i guess it helps me with like deeper rabbit hole thinking Mm-hmm. but it doesn't help with my focus it, it enhances brain fog for me it makes me paranoid it does help me sleep though hmm. and it helps with like jitters yeah so i i use it for sleep sometimes occasionally yeah. but i don't want to like rely on it for yeah definitely sleep. so i use it very sparingly i mean i i did notice that's kind of why i started smoking again after high school because i had all sorts of uh what, what do i say uh 
sobering uh, moments in high school mm. um, where, uh, you know, threw a, a too big of a party and didn't clean it up in time and got caught. Uh, uh, and then also got a MIP at one point. What's MIP? Uh, minor Mine? in possession. Oh, okay. Got it. That's uh, what I was going to guess. For, yeah, for a little bit of weed. And uh, so then I had to do some, you know, some P tests for like a week and do uh, diversion classes and stuff like that. Mm. Um, so there were a few forced moments of sobriety when I was in high school. And then I would occasionally kind of get fully off of it in high school, just kind of by choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after high school, I didn't really have any desire. I'd kind of figured out a way, I guess, to, to cope with reality outside yeah. without smoking. Yeah. Uh, my motorcycle probably helped with that a whole lot. Um, cause I didn't want to get high and ride my motorcycle. Smart. Um, Do and you still I just, ride? No, I haven't rode in a long time. Uh, I, I, I miss that dearly, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so that kind of helped me get through that. And, uh, we lived in Reno for a little bit, so there was like no real, it's not like it was accessible. I didn't know anybody who was smoking weed and it wasn't legal at the state yeah. yet, but then it got legal here in Oregon after we'd moved back and um you know my addictive personality just like is like oh it's okay to smoke it once like, you have one fine. of those oh yeah addictive personality well i mean this is the dude who went for a 50 mile bike ride and thought a thousand miles sounds fucking great <laughs> oh yeah i forgot about that <laughs> sorry for the cussing there no, no, it's okay <laughs> you, don't you listen to this podcast i swear all the time oh well it's it's more of just like a oh like oh yeah i'm hot i'm mic'd up here should i not be yeah you're fine. I think it makes people more real. Yeah. But, I mean, if you want to cut it out, I can cut it out. No, no, you're good. Professional. You're good. <laughs> I'm already talking about a bunch of other things anyways. <laughs> so tell me more about your dad. So you, they, your parents got divorced when you were young, back and forth. You were afraid of him when he was drinking. And then, so take me, he was living in Texas. Yeah, so, so when I graduated high school... Uh, he was still living in Ashland and he was born and raised in Ashland and basically lived in Ashland his whole life Okay, up until he was about 50. Um, maybe a little bit after 50. How old is he now? Um, he is, uh, shoot, uh, 64. Okay. Um, yeah, 64. He'll be 65 next year. Um, and so I guess it was about seven years ago, seven and a half, eight years ago that he moved to Texas um kind of due to some circumstances with family uh selling the property that he'd been living on kind of as a landlord mm-hmm. that was like this family property um and he ended up moving to Texas cuz that's where his girlfriend at the time was living and it was kind of like his only option um cuz he didn't he wasn't really working at the time um and so he was kind of just trying to to like grasp at you know straws and like yeah. well this door opened of this girlfriend that he's been kind of dating and uh she'd come up to visit him and uh stayed with him a few times so it was like well she just bought a house and needs help fixing it up and what else am i gonna do so yeah to texas here i go well my cat might be coming in <laughs> Saki bear um <laughs> hi kitty garfield yeah she looks like a little <laughs> pumpkin loaf huh a little bit she'll be fine um and so he moved down there and 
you know, she didn't really know that he had these kind of little loops and, you know. His girlfriend? Yeah. I, I guess either it didn't happen while she was around, but I swear it had happened to when she was around. Or she didn't realize the extent of it, maybe. Um, and, you know, it's something where, like, I'm explaining it to you right now, but it's like you really, like, don't get the full picture of it until you experience it. And it's it's pretty wild. Um, How long would these loops go for? And he would just repeat the same thing? Basically, he would just like repeat, okay, okay. And, you know, not really, if you tried to talk to him, he'd be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, okay, okay. And so mm. it wasn't... Like he wasn't really listening to you? Yeah, that's what it seemed like. But it's kind of ro- robot mode? Yeah, definitely. Like it almost seemed like he like put on like the do not disturb sign or something like that. Mm. And I mean, I can kind of relate to that in a way where I just sort of enter this like default mode autopilot where I'm thinking about stuff. Mm-hmm. Somebody's talking to you and yeah. And I'm like, sorry, what? <laughs> like Taylor will get home and just tell me about her day and I'll just like promptly forget everything. Yeah. And it's been a source of contention. Oh, for sure. It's hard. To... Yeah. So that's like begun this whole journey with Adderall. And, and at first it was weed trying to figure out if that would help. Didn't. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, well, so what's interesting about the weed part is that actually seemed to help my dad previously when I was younger. Um, I remember when he was dating a different woman when I was younger and in, in high school, they kind of, she kind of made the connection. Her kids kind of made the connection that if he smokes, then it almost like helps reset him mm. and it kind of helps him like pull out of his shell. Cause it's almost like, he would also kind of like go into his shell a little bit. He'd like go into the bedroom or like, you know, he wouldn't want to be around yeah. the party, you know, or like be around wherever he's at. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was kind of a connection that somebody had made. And um, and I didn't really think too much about it till later on um, when he was down in Texas and she, the, the girlfriend down there was bound to determine to, to figure out what's going on with him and get him healed. Um, and he's been to all sorts of doctors and neurologists and, uh, had all sorts of tests and wires hooked up to him. He's even had like an EEG machine hooked up to him for like a full weekend with like a camera on him and everything so they can see what's going on when he like goes into these states. What's an EEG? Um, measuring your mental measuring your like your brain waves right okay um so they can see like when you're in in like alpha and beta and theta and like okay um and i think they can also kind of see like just the activity level and like where it's at um they ever find out what it was so they anything from that the only conclusion that they have right now is that he's having uh like minute seizures in the brain wow yeah um, so it was like a legit, like something wrong was going on. Yeah. It wasn't just like ADHD or just he was just checking out or distracted by his own thoughts. It was like an actual right. micro seizure. Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of the only the only answer that we have so far. And sometimes mm-hmm. it seems like he's able to kind of control when they happen almost like it seems like it's an anxiety thing. Like it, they, there's certain triggers for him almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it seemed like his, his girlfriend was a large source of them. In my family's opinion, whenever we go down to visit, oh. she was the very like stress. Like I even felt like, Oh my God, I just, 
like we lived me and ashley lived with them for a month not even a month we were just gonna live there we so to back it up yeah so me and ashley when we were living in portland our lease was coming up and we thought well let's we can either move across the city or we can move across the country (laughs) and my dad was already in texas and it was like oh you guys can stay here while you like figure out where you want to live and you know get jobs and all that and so we moved down there and like within a week me and my girlfriend were like we can't keep living here like yeah you didn't like texas well we we didn't like living under my dad's girlfriend at the time's roof because she was very like controlling and anxiety provoking yeah and i didn't like how she treated my dad when he went into little spells Mm. um she was very aggressive with him and like would almost seem like she thought that being aggressive or like yelling at him would help him get out but it's like she's a lot of patience i guess not i don't know i mean it was she's i'm sure you know has her own walk of life to to go down and to figure out yeah for sure um but it was like i just didn't feel like it was a safe space for him to be in and which part of texas uh it was just north of austin did you like it there um to some degree we liked parts of it i liked the food there Mm -hmm. um the weather was nice when it was except for when it wasn't when it was like pouring rain it was like raining like a monsoon and like thunderbolts and lightning yeah yeah um like flooding everywhere um and i hated the traffic like that can just oh my gosh it's probably just gotten worse oh yeah it's just it's horrible um probably not as bad as like other cities chicago or la probably not um it definitely has a problem though with the fact just the number of people that are moving there per day I can't remember what the number was, but it was something crazy. And well, thanks to like Elon Musk and Joe Rogan. Oh, yeah, it's, it's getting even worse it's now. like probably 400 people a day. I heard somewhere it was like 400 people a day. I think that's right, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we we didn't we didn't live there down there for too long uh, before we decided to move back home. Um, Ashley was kind of getting homesick, and, you know, most of the rest of our family was up here. Um, and that was four years ago. Oh, I didn't realize you only been back for four years. I think it's been four or five years. I can't remember what year it was. Uh, but yeah, it's been, I think, four or five years now. Yeah. Um. I mean, it feels like we only said we we're going to be here for, you know, a year to figure our stuff out and then move back out. But yeah, the vortex of the Rogue Valley has kept us here. Dude, it is a thing. It's weird, huh? It is weird. I've, I think that I found a solution, though. Yeah? Tell I me. I think so. To the vortex. Because my family's lived here on and off, like, for my whole life. And as an adult, you really feel it, especially in the wintertime. It just gets gloomy and depressing here. It's wet, and nobody's outside, just hibernating. And so the the solution I found is to plan a trip every month. Once Mm -hmm. a month, you just go somewhere. Even if it's just to the coast, just somewhere. Just get out of the valley so I plan a trip every single month. I get on a plane or I just take a road trip somewhere. Nice. And I don't really feel it that much. That that sounds nice. I just booked a trip to Tulum, Mexico. Oh, nice. In February. Right on. Yeah, It'll be nice and warm down there. 12 huh? days. Yeah, it's going to be like 80s nice. in February. Nice. Yeah. That'll be just what you need after the cold spell that, yeah. around that time. I bought some sunless tanner to try and tan myself. <laughs> 
Oh boy. Before I get down to try there. not to look like too much of a white boy when you go down there. Yeah, I mean it's kind of it's sort of for the look, but it's also just to see if it can help me not get so so burned oh, when right. I'm there. But yeah. I don't know if that I just my stupid brain was just like, yeah, maybe if this cream will help me help protect my skin when I'm down there. Right. We'll see. <laughs> so well, then you're so you're back in Oregon and then you you mentioned before that you had to drive down to Texas or over yes. to Texas pick so, him up because what was going on? So he was starting to have episodes that were lasting. Like they would, what would end up happening is it'd be the middle of the night and me or my sister would get a phone call saying your dad is in the hospital. He was wandering around lost in the middle of the night. Mm. Um, and so he would just like, feel like he needed to go drive somewhere but he would get lost and not remember how to use his gps to get back home um and sometimes he would do it and his phone battery would be like almost dead and he'd be almost out of gas by the time he oh wow um get stopped and so he kind of started to become a frequent flyer was with, his girlfriend in the picture still uh no so they'd kind of started splitting up she had started to get um done with it and he was done with her because he didn't really, you know, he was starting to get to the point where he didn't appreciate how she was acting towards him. And it just, mm. he didn't like the feeling of not knowing what he was going to come home to. Yeah. Um, it's understandable. Yeah. And, you know, it was kind of like he was having a tough time and, you know, he wasn't really getting the support and like the caring that he needed to have. So he started becoming a frequent flyer because of these episodes. But it sounds like it was more than just these loops. Yeah. He so start to like lose it well so he was uh take my shoes off get a little more comfortable yeah uh so he would most of these things were happening in the middle of the night and occasionally you know me and my sister she's up in near portland and i'm here in oregon southern oregon just the two of you um yeah we're his only kids and so you know like we're the closest of kin but it's like well we're three thousand miles away right now like we can only do so much yeah from here and, you know, at one point we thought, you know, one of the hospitals ended up taking him in and running a whole bunch of tests on him and realizing that his dosage on one of the anti-seizure medications was too low. Um, and so they upped that and, um, you know, kind of like that was their, okay, we, we fixed him and he seems to be good. Um, so, you know, he can go home now. Yeah. But what happens is that he does get into the states where it's like he seems totally 100% normal and coherent and like everything's fine. Um, and that can last like 24 hours, 48 hours. But then you never know when oh, he's going to start to <laughs> That one's a little bit more adventurous, huh? That's Goose. Yeah, he's a kitten. So he'll probably just roam. Nice. So the episodes were lasting a little longer. Yeah, they've definitely have increased and it seemed like, I mean, there was one time where just from what we were monitoring up here, you know, through phone calls and through the hospitals and stuff is that he was in a loop for at least 24 hours where they couldn't get through to him. Oh, wow. Um, which gets pretty nerve wracking because, you know, then you start to realize, well, has this been happening frequently? Is he remembered to take his meds at, t- at the right time? Is he taking the right amount? Is he drinking enough water? Is he eating enough food? Um, And so finally, you know, after like the, basically it was happening like once a week for like three weeks, 
Um, And like the last time that happened, he went to the hospital, came home, and then went back to the hospital like five or six hours later. So that was kind of a turning point where you're like, something needs to change. Yeah. I mean, we had, I had previously, you know, like told my dad, like, okay, when are you ready to move up here? Like, you know, we we want you to be back home where you're closer to family. We can take care of you and help you. And he really wanted to finish working. He was working at the time uh, for a company contracted by Dell to like move stuff around. They were like, when all the old stuff from Dell in the offices and the server rooms would be no more, him and the crew of two other guys would come in and like clean it all out. And like, so he uh, was still able to hold a job at the time. uh, He was at the time, but he was starting to have episodes at work that was affecting work. Yeah. Whereas previously his episodes really wouldn't affect it too much. Like he was still able to get work done. Mm -hmm. It's just that people couldn't really like have a fresh conversation with him. He would just be like focused on the task at hand. Yeah. Um, but it started to get where there was one time where he got called on, uh, by the security guard at work because I think he was having like a hot, like he was having a, a, uh, a heat stroke almost (laughs) hot flashes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and you know, it gets really hot down there in the summertime and he just wasn't, I don't think he was able to like comprehend trying to like cool himself down and like, you know, Mm. drinking water and, you know, uh, sometimes he gets in these states where it's like you kind of have to help him regulate his body a little bit of like oh well let's take your jacket off you know like oh yeah um so you kind of almost have to start to be a helping hand for him at that time and so that's when it was starting to get uh worse and concerning yeah well and, and he wanted to finish out work through march and it was like okay well you know like then come march like you know we can't really just like come down anytime because the weather's going to start to turn and it's going to be hard to drive down there and back safely. Yeah. Um, and bring a motor home back at the same time. Um, and so I was like, okay, well March it is, you know, that was kind of like the plan. And we thought, well, you know, this, these new doctors came out with a new, you know, regimen for him. Like, so it should be all good, but it, it didn't turn out to be that way. And then come to find out he hadn't been to work in like, three weeks and he was kind of put on to like work hold. Mm. Um, and so it was kind of like, okay, the situation is a lot worse than he was kind of letting up to be. Yeah. Um, and so that final time while my dad was still in the hospital, me and my sister are like freaking going gangbusters trying to like, she's packing her bag, buying a flight to fly from Portland down there within like 12 hours like she's like getting ready to hop on a plane as soon as possible mm-hmm. i'm getting my truck ready to drive halfway across the country this one yeah <laughs> and so i like had to go get new tires i had to um go find a canopy and put a canopy on and like get all this stuff lined up and in, in order Dang to man. basically that's a lot yeah so like within like 24 hours uh me and my, my mom was uh super you know like she she'd been willing to help from the beginning and oh that's cool yeah because she she knows that you know he needs help and that you know it's it's my father and you yeah. know she wants to help me take that's care cool of him she was so supportive yeah i mean and she she knew that he needed to come home and 
Um, she's been quite the caregiver before, like she's caregiven for, for elderly, uh, people in the past. So she kind of understands that like mental, uh, you know, slippage that happens and like how to take care of people. Yeah. Um, and so, and then her boyfriend was super gracious and said like, Hey, you know, he can park his, um, his, his motor home on the property here and like, you know, try to get him established here and, you know, how to have a place for him to, to be where he's close by. Um, and so me and my mom basically that next morning at like, I think it was like six or 7am pulled out, you know, with the truck and drove for 41 hours, stopped once in Phoenix for a nap at my step. I don't know how you would say it. My sister's mother, who's uh, the the first ex-wife of my dad. Okay. She lives in Phoenix, Arizona, and she opened up her house for us to stay the night there. We pull in at like two o'clock in the morning there, sleep for like six hours, and then get back on the road again to Texas. And then Jeez, dude. we're in Texas and we're trying to get him. So something that happens occasionally is when he gets in these episodes, he starts to think he needs thinks he needs to fix something mm-hmm. and he usually ends up breaking whatever was not broken to begin with um and so like his rv needed some work because he went on like a fixing spree this last time yeah and uh so just destroyed it well yeah pretty much like pulled piping apart and like cut wires and so all was sorts it just stuff. was it just the seizures or was it something else that was happening um well that's the weird thing is like it seems like there's more than just the seizures because it's they they now seem like on a different level. It sounds kind of like dementia. Yeah, and see, and the the problem with the terms of dementia and Alzheimer's is that they are such blanket terms hmm. that they they don't you know they can describe a, a wide variety of things. There's like subcategories inside of those terms. Yeah, and like even then, it's kind of like if you have memory loss issues of this certain caliber, then they call it dementia. Hmm. Um, But it's, it's weird because it's mostly, you know, like it's just odd because he's fully, he's almost aware of when he's in a loop, when he's in an episode, he can remember a lot of the things you talked about and like what was going on at that time at a later point Hmm. when he's coherent. So he can like remember all that. Yeah. Um, And, it's like there's there's varying degrees of like how far into an episode he is and part of me is also curious about these anti-seizure medications that he's on because the side effects on those are huge oh yeah i bet and you know depression and anxiety and like mood changes is some big ones with those right um and so you know sometimes i'm kind of curious like how much that is having an effect on things right probably a lot Right. And, and it's, but then it's also like, well, is it going to be worse if he's not on them? Yeah. So we're trying to get things reestablished up here. Um, along with doing other things, you know, like cleaning up his diet and making sure that he's eating good and, uh, making sure that he's getting his proper dosages of medication. Um, because there was a couple times where, uh, when, once he moved back here, uh, so, down there in Texas, when we got there, we were like basically packing up his motorhome and trying to get him to, you know, get everything all ready to go. 
And uh, so my mom was down there, I was down there, and then my sister was down there. And so between the three of us, one of us was kind of having to spend time with my dad to kind of keep him occupied and busy so that, because it seemed like the stress of the move was kind of affecting him a bit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we didn't want to overload him with like having him be responsible for getting everything ready and, you know, um, didn't want to overbear him. And also just, you know, it's so much faster if somebody can just like swoop in and do stuff while the person isn't looking and paying attention. Like, Oh Oh, wait, no, I want it like this. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, we just need to like go. (laughs) Um, luckily he had like some really great friends down there that he had met who were super gracious and helped us a lot. Um, and, uh, so that, that's super awesome that he had good friends that, you know, took care of him and, you know, I mean, he was helping them with projects around their house and RV and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, was, but it was still super helpful when he was having moments of spaciness and, you know, not yeah. able to, to function fully. Um, how's it been now that he's back home living with you? Um, so things were getting, seemed to be doing a whole lot better because he seemed to be, you know, we were creating a routine and, things seem to be doing pretty good. Um, but then there started to be a few different episodes kind of happening in the nighttime. Um, like he would always run out of propane in the night, uh, cause the propane is like what he uses to f- keep the furnace going in the motorhome to stay warm. So he's in motorhome. You're in the, the fifth, the fifth wheel. wheel. Yeah. And then your mom and her boyfriend are in the house. Yeah. And okay. so that's like, all in the same property yep and they're all pretty close i mean there's 300 acres but this like one parcel that we're on together is like uh you know uh, it's like a 20 acre parcel but we're all we're pretty close like parked next to uh, a barn that's just like 100 yards away probably okay from the house um but it started to get to where you know he I would have to like help him get down to sleep at night sometimes, you know, make sure that he's actually going to go lay down and go yeah. to sleep and not like fiddle on his phone all night long. Oh yeah. So cheese, um, oh, dude. It's like babysitting 24 seven. Yeah, pretty much. And I mean, it's, uh, it's rough because there are times where, you know, he's fully like my dad still and like, you know, trying to help me and give me advice Oh yeah. And then like 20 minutes later, it can be like a total role reversal where it's like, I'm parenting my, my dad and helping him. What happens for you? Like emotionally, what's, what's that feel like to have to be that kind of a role for your dad? And, and I know that for a lot of people that happens where, you know, your parents are getting older and you kind of have to help them or, or teach them certain things that, you know, whatever, like whether it's, how to log into their right their computer or whatever but for you in your specific unique situation it's like legit parenting where you have to get them ready for bed or right you know tell them to take take off their jacket or i mean i guess is that the extent of it um i mean sometimes it's uh you kind of almost have to like follow along behind him and make sure that he's like you know, remembering certain things or, mm-hmm. um, like sometimes he doesn't remember to close the door to the bathroom when he's going to go to the bathroom or, Oh yeah. 
Um, or, you know, he kind of gets sometimes like hyper-focused on things because he kind of has like OCD to begin with already. Mm-hmm. And so it's like sometimes he'll get like one track minded on something and you almost have to like distract him to try oh, to get yeah. him kind of off of that. Um, How does that feel for you emotionally? It's it's draining for sure. Um, you know, a lot of times in the moment I try and you know, like I'm not really thinking about it. I'm just like, I just need to do this right now. Mm. Um, so you're going to have to dissociate yourself from it or distract yourself from what's really happening a little bit i mean i i don't feel like i'm distracting myself you know i'm and it's probably just like an automatic like you know jump into just duty mode yeah it's just like no i'm just like this is this is what you have to do right now and like you know it's kind of like the you don't do it because you want to do it. You do it because you need to do it. You know, True. it's like... You don't really have a choice. Yeah. And I mean, it's just like, you know, if you show up to go to work one day and like you really don't want to go to work, but everybody there is depending on you. So yeah. you just show up and you do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And so it definitely feels like that a lot. But I mean, there are times where it's like... <sighs> fuck. Do you ever like stop and and just kind of process that a little bit um sometimes uh this is fucking hard yeah oh yeah just think about it for a while and let the emotions kind of flow yeah i mean there's definitely been like some breakdown moments where it's like fuck man this is my life for a while and this is his life and jesus christ what's gonna happen to me when i get old Um, oh yeah like that kind of definitely goes through my head of like because my grandpa got dementia when he was older Oh, wow. And um, he kind of also had some, like, weird little, like, behaviors that now I start to see in my dad a little bit. And he's starting, my dad is starting to see him, see his father in him also. Oh, gotcha. And so it's this really weird, like, father-son thing going on, which I kind of started to make the connection of last night. So Um, naturally, it kind of makes you worry about your future. Yes, and... How long has he been with you now? So he's been with me since, uh, like, just after Thanksgiving. So, uh, like, what, a month and a half or so? Okay. Um, And he's definitely had some emotional moments, too, where, you know, he's starting to think a lot about his his dad, my grandpa, Mm -hmm. um, and that he wasn't able to be there in the end of his life. my grandpa had kind of been into got moved into a home within like the last year of his life and my dad wasn't really allowed to go see him it was kind of like him and his stepbrother weren't allowed to go see him um because of some decision that the sisters had made okay um and that was really tough on him because him and his dad had a really good relationship um like my grandpa taught my dad how to drive semi truck and you know like he was kind of like under the wing of like going for ride-alongs with with dad to go deliver produce to klamath falls and yeah um and so they had a really good relationship and towards the end there he wasn't able to see him and wasn't able to care for him and so i think now that my dad is starting to realize that he is starting to need 24-hour care and he's starting to lose it like his dad did. And he wasn't able to do what I'm doing for him now. Hmm. And so, you know, I'm super grateful that I have the space and this opportunity to actually, like, I have a job where I can work 
kind of flexible and remote. Mm-hmm. And like, if I need to take a day off, I can just go do it, you know, most of the time. That's so nice, dude. Having that flexibility. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know how I would be able to do this otherwise. And then without the help of my mom and her boyfriend to help also to keep him busy and give him stuff to do. And, you know, like right now they're taking care of him and I don't have to worry like that he's going to get, do something wrong or, um, and so being able to have this environment is pretty awesome. And I, I'm starting to wonder if he's having regrets about how things went with his dad and like, he's frustrated with his sisters, but I also wonder if there's also like a hint of regret of like him not trying hard enough to like take care of his dad in the end there so that he wasn't in home by himself. Mm-hmm. And so one crazy story about my grandpa when he was in his like last moments is he started to ask for his boys. He wanted to see his boys. And this was when I went to see him and I mean, he was like a shell of a body at that point. Mm. Like you could hardly see his soul in him anymore. And like, Jeez. who knows what kind of drugs they had him on to like keep him sedated. Um, and the, the day that my, my dad and his stepbrother were able to go see my, my grandpa, the next day my grandpa passed. Hmm. And so it was like, he was holding out to see yeah. his sons one last time. Mm-hmm. And, that like really sucks for my dad because he only saw him like at the last moment last day when it was like very much like not his father anymore. And like, it was, you know, just like a wisp of what he was. God, that sucks, dude. Yeah. I mean, that was hard for me to go see my grandpa at that time. I can only imagine what it was like for my dad. Yeah. Um, and so he's, he's definitely had, my dad's have been having a really hard time with things lately because he feels like you know he's he feels like he's taking advantage of everybody because he doesn't really have a whole lot of money and we're trying to get him on social security and he's relying on us to to watch him and take care of him Mm -hmm. and you know i try to tell him like that's just like that's what family does like you know we take care of you and like yeah um you know like i i work to take care of my family and that's also my dad yeah Um, and I knew this day was coming. I didn't really quite expect it now. And like, I didn't, I I thought maybe I had another few years to like prepare for it. Yeah. Uh, uh, mentally, emotionally, uh, life kind of comes at you fast. Yeah. And it's like curveball from like what me and Ashley were planning originally just like six months prior, we'd kind of had like, okay, here's our five year plan. And like here we go we we got this and then it's like like, no 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 you don't get it we have a different plan for yeah um but it's also like ignited um in me even like more reason to have my business succeed Mm -hmm. um you know like i could have easily taken this as like oh here's my like oh here's my white flag moment like i get to like surrender and not do this business thing anymore and right you know why would i try to build a business when i need to take care of this right now yeah true um but i kind of definitely see it as the other way around where it's like no i i must succeed because of the situation that's happening right now yeah good Um, point because it's like there is no other way you know like i i want to provide a, a good last few years i don't know how long you know i mean he's my dad's still young but 
I mean, my grandpa made it to like 73, I think. Um, and so, you know, his body is physically fit, um, but his, his mind is definitely the part that's aging quickly. And, you know, we're hoping that diet and lifestyle and, you know, we're, we're going to be trying to do more holistic healing and, you know, try to get him to a point that maybe is more manageable and kind of is more, um, you know, where he doesn't progressively get worse and worse. Right. Just kind of stabilize things. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's our hope. And so recently what we ended up doing was, uh, we are now all living in the house together. Oh, wow. Um, like as of just yesterday, (laughs) (laughs) is it a big house? Uh, yeah, it's a pretty decent sized house. Um, and it's kind of like split up into two parts. And so there's two bedrooms on one side of the house and then like the master bedroom upstairs on the other side of the house. Um, and then the kitchen kind of in the middle. (laughs) How is that for your uh, mom's boyfriend? Um, I mean, he's been a trooper for it. I mean, he, he definitely like sees that you know, like my dad needs somebody to take care of him. And he, he took care of his dad when he was about my age, mm. when he was starting to kind of slip, wow, you it's know, kind of a pattern for the, the Severins <laughs> well, the household. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of weird. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's an interesting, uh, dynamic for sure. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's been like moments of tension between, my my mom and him, my sure. mom and her boyfriend, just because, you know, I mean, just like there's been moments of tension between me and my girlfriend, because it's like suddenly there is someone else who is requiring th- your partner's attention and time and energy. And not really by choice. Right. It, yeah. And, you know, having to deal with that is unreal. And like, I can't even begin to put myself in my the shoes of my girlfriend who's having to go through this. Mm-hmm. And just like she can't put herself in my shoes fully of what I'm having to go through. Right. Um, and so, I mean, it's kind of taking like the whole, the whole team to, to go through all this together. Cause it's like <laughs> definitely like, a, you know, pass the, the party around a little bit of like, okay, like you've, you've got, you've put your time in, like go take a break and you know, I got it from here kind of thing. And yeah, jeez, dude. Um, it seems like it's been good that he's now in the house with us. You know, we're all going to bed at the same time. The lights go out. He doesn't have to worry about the propane running out in his furnace and like texting me or calling me at three o'clock in the morning to come change it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it wouldn't even be out. He would just think it's out or like would flip a switch oh, yeah. and, um, you know, and that was fucking exhausting. So things are starting to get a bit more routine, I suppose. Yeah, we're getting there. I mean, uh, it'll be interesting to see once, you know, it's been like a week or so and we kind of have time to like shake things out for sure. But it definitely seems to be helping to be more on a routine with everybody. And, yeah, um, it's also great for me because it makes it so that I'm not the one who's, you know, waking him and putting him to sleep all the time. And like, it's not just me having to do that. Like I can kind of like hand things off more quickly versus before it was kind of like, okay, like time to go. I'm going to, like notoriously I would be wake up at like seven thirty to go get my dad his pills and I'm exhausted because I hardly got any sleep the night before because I was up till like eleven o'clock with him and then he wakes me up at three o'clock 
And uh, so then it's like, okay, I'm going to go run over there really quick, give him his pills, get him started on his day, and I'm going to come back here and I'm going to meditate and brush my teeth and shower. (laughs) And like half the time I would go over there and I'd be like, and then he would be in a loop and then be like, well, fuck, there goes that plan. Like I can't just like come in and out, you know. Be able to just pop in and out. Mix it up really quickly. Yeah. So now at least he's in the house. So it's like, it's all under one roof and I don't have to like go back and forth. And so now our fifth wheel is going to start to become more of an office space for me and Ashley. So that's also nice because then it's like, okay, this is like the space to do work in. And, you know, I know I don't have to worry when I'm in here. Um, But yeah, so it's been, uh, it's been a lot to. Sounds like a lot, man. You, you were talking about this diet and I know that you're vegan. Yep. Is that the kind of a diet that you have him on too? Um, not entirely, because uh, my mom and her boyfriend still eat meat. Um, but he's definitely getting. We're trying to get him on a lot more fiber, you know, and like greens and you know all good things for you, antioxidants, you know, smoothies. And, yeah. Have you noticed that improving him? Um, it's definitely seems to help when he gets good food in him. Um, you know, we used to think Imagine that it was. That. Imagine. Right? <laughs> the diet would have an effect. <laughs> well, and it used to be that we used to think that this was almost caused by like low blood sugar because it used to be that, oh, well, if he gets if he gets a meal in him, then he's better. Um, but now that doesn't seem to hold up its weight anymore like it used to. Hmm. Um, I do still think it's incredibly important because it helps him to not be like running on fumes. And, right. you know, uh, it offers some support yeah and so we've also started supplementing him with vitamin d and b12 because those were both a little bit low in his blood work recently in texas um and and then we're just trying all sorts of other things to try to figure out you know what stuff we can do to give him that's going to be good for his brain yeah and kind of help with alzheimer's or dementia like symptoms i feel like that's kind of universal like everybody should be supplementing with vitamin d and vitamin b like i I just started taking those regularly got my blood work done with my doctor and he was like dude you've got the greatest vitamin d levels ever nice which is which is nice he said that what is it like 80 percent of the u.s population is oh it's something deficient in vitamin d so when he read my blood work he was like he was really proud Nice. And I was too. And so I've just kept doing that. And I've noticed that with starting this medication that I'm on, it helps to regulate my mood like mm. way better, especially the vitamin. Uh, it's I think it's methylated vitamin B or something. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Methyl B12. Yeah. 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 That yeah that's supposed to be the best one important. for uh, absorption. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, B12 and D are both things that we're lacking a lot of because it's like sunlight and dirt because that's where b12 comes from is from the bacteria and dirt oh from dirt yeah oh, i thought it was just the sun no so b12 b12 the vitamin the oh, oh d, yeah. d comes d from, from the, the sun. sun yeah which you know we're all working inside or it's cloudy half the year or you live too far north from the equator to actually get vitamin d yeah uh but b12 is bacteria based Um, so it's like a byproduct of bacteria, I believe if if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so it used to be that, you know, we would 
eat food from the ground and like be living and playing in the dirt. But now and we so all we just eat sterile food. <laughs> yeah, it's like super clean, and we don't want dirt on our. It's carrots. not even real. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's all grown in the lab. Yeah, just like our B twelve supplement. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, dude. <laughs> so the best way to get vitamin B twelve naturally is just like just standing in the dirt. Well, you have to like eat the dirt basically. Oh. So like, don't clean like get produce from a local farm that's like an organic farm and then just like don't wash the produce that much Hmm. so like your carrots and stuff like that like it's okay to have a little bit of dirt on your carrots and um you know your greens and stuff like that so a lot of minerals in the dirt that's true too especially in this oregonian rich soil yes so long (laughs) as it's not a monocropped field right you should be all right man it's it's freaking hard yeah. Well, I know you have to go in a few minutes. I do. So we should probably wrap it. But, dude, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's a it's a wild... Just the life circumstance that you've been thrown into and just how you're handling. I've, I've been curious about that. Just how you're able to manage your career, your relationship with your girlfriend, just life in general, and then this this relationship with your dad. Sounds like a lot. Yeah, I don't know if I'm managing it very well, but I'm I'm working my way through it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, part of it is I have to remind myself, like, the moments that I do have to myself, I need to, like, take it and use it for myself and not be thinking about what I need to do for other people. Yeah. Um, is meditation a big part of that? I definitely have been needing to meditate more and more. You know, if I miss that, then I, I can really sense that I'm distracted or like trying to like almost distract myself from like the situation that Mm -hmm. i'm in um i used to meditate quite a bit when i when we first moved into this place like two years ago um but i have stopped so it's hard the one thing that really helped me establish like an actual habit of it and to the point where it's almost hard for me not to do it anymore is i did uh the habit loop where my trigger would be me making coffee or tea and then the like the action would be sitting down to meditate for 10 minutes and then the reward was drinking that hot cup of coffee or tea oh nice so 10 minutes is like just right because the cup of coffee will be like the perfect temperature to drink it okay so just 10 minutes yeah so that's all i do is 10 minutes because otherwise Mm -hmm. i used to do 20 minutes um and i i love doing 20 minute sessions but i just never feel like I can commit to 20 minutes. Whereas 10 minutes is like, okay, you can afford 10 minutes. Like you waste 10 minutes a hundred times over yeah. most of the time anyways. Do you so. think that meditation has to be done in like a, a quiet seated place? Like as opposed to up when you're doing something? Um, I think that there's opportunity in both situations. The reason I ask that is because I, I find that going to the gym is fairly meditative for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of times when I'm just on my phone distracted the whole time, but then I try to go sit in a sauna, but I'm just like listening to podcasts and right. You know, audible books and stuff. So I, I feel like in the sauna, I, I get a little bit, bit of that cause it's a, a time when I'm just sitting down feeling uncomfortable, which mm-hmm. I, I associate that with meditation. Oh, it's just 100%. kind of uncomfortable. It is, yeah. I mean, that's, that's like the, what, like I, the reason I like to do ice exposure. Oh, yeah. It's like you sent me that on uh, 
on New, New Year's? Year's Day. Yeah, on New Year's Day, Dude. I jumped into a pool that had like four inches of ice. Was that on your property? Yeah, yeah. It's Dude, cool I want to come down there and try that sometime. Yeah, man, I'd love to have you there. Ice bath. Yeah, do some Wim Hof breathing before. I, is that what you were doing in the video? Yeah. So, well, so I did like three rounds before I jumped in on the porch there, um, just to help get my mind space right. Mm. You know, like, uh, and I think that is a huge thing is like being a hundred percent aware of like your body right now. Like you, you don't have a choice when you're thrust into cold water, but to pay attention to what's going, like mm-hmm. you can't think about, Oh, but I, you know, I, I got to remember to do this later today. Like that, that yeah. thought does not cross your mind right. at that moment when you're dipping your finger, your body into it's cold just water. How uncomfortable it is. And when can I get out of here? Well, and I really, I really try to focus on, okay, <sighs> Like I'm breathing into my body and like trying to warm my body and, mm. you know, so I'm really like focused on my body and what's going on in it. I'm not focused on the external world. I kind of do that when I, after the sauna, I'll jump in the shower and take like an mm. ice cold shower yeah. at the gym and it's so uncomfortable. Yeah. But I just focus the, the mental space that I put myself in is similar to what you have, what you were explaining with the duties that you have to just do with your dad you just yeah. do it. I'm just like, this is just what I'm doing right now. I'm just going to be cold for a minute or two. Right. And then, I, and then it's over. Yeah. And then I don't feel like in pain afterwards. I feel good. Right. And I know that it's going to feel good. So I just focus, this is what I'm doing. I, there's studies that say this is good for me. So I'm just <laughs> doing it and, and it does feel good. Yeah. And I think that is what meditation is if you're sitting alone in a quiet room with nothing, you know, I, I list, I usually do guided meditations. So there'll be somebody oh. kind of like I do the Sam Harris, uh, waking up app. Oh yeah. I have that app. And, uh, so I do the daily meditation there. And so it's different every time. And, but I think the biggest thing is, is that I am setting aside everything else for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like before that 10 minutes, I'm like, like emails, emails. I got to do this text. I got to, I got to do all this stuff today. And I'm like all over the place. And then it's like, okay, 10 minutes. I'm just going to like set everything to the side for Mm -hmm. a few minutes. Everything will be there when I come back. It's okay. (laughs) And having that 10 minutes to like, just observe what's going on in my head or like, I also, there's also a lot in that app where he says to like, pay attention to the sounds around you. So, you know, like uh, you can hear the creaking of something or like the fan or the heater Yeah, and like just fighting. Yeah. And just listening, listening to that and like not getting like overly excited about anything and just like taking the the time to like sit at the beach and watch the waves roll in is almost what it feels like. Just slowing down for a sec. Yeah. Cause then it makes it so that when I come back, I can actually like, pick things up one at a time right with a little bit more focus than just like trying to grab everything and like run i need to get back into it man yeah i'm man. gonna try well dude it is 129 so oh, i know snap. you have a call at 130 yeah. so i better let you run i was gonna say can i can i uh use your space right here because i sure yeah <laughs> of course but yeah i appreciate you coming on the podcast i i i appreciate you being open and vulnerable i know it's not an easy topic so Thanks for that. Well, thanks for having the space and I appreciate having a space to kind of open up and 
talk about it where nobody's going to hear it, right? Just me and you? Nobody will, nobody will hear this, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> no, I hope they do. I think I think that a lot of people can relate. I think that hopefully this kind of thing can help. Yeah. You know, family mm-hmm. di- dynamics are difficult and everybody's got one. Right. And uh, life ain't easy. True. But if you're tough on yourself, they say life gets infinitely easier. So, I like that. <laughs> hard men make easy times or whatever that Oh, quote is. yes. Uh, hard men make easy times. Easy times make weak men and weak men create tough. I can't remember. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Weak, weak men create tough times. Tough times create tough men. Tough men create easy times. Easy times create weak men. There it is. Yeah. What a great way to end this. Yeah. All right. Cool, man. Peace. Bye, everybody.